And we'll be in Romans chapter 15 today. Romans chapter 15. I was planning on preaching from the first seven verses um, of Romans 15. I might come to it next week. Uh, it's, it's a great passage. And, uh, but in my reading, in, in preparation of that, came across the verse and felt the Lord wanted us to go there instead this morning. Uh, but still in Romans chapter 15, verse number 13 will be our verse that we'll really just focus in and break down that verse this morning. Uh, but kind of give you some context, we'll start reading in verse number um, 8 uh, of chapter 15. Romans 15, starting in verse number 8. It says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, that's speaking of the Jews, for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. And it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. So we're seeing the opening. Um, we see it in, in the Gospels, in the life of Christ, but the opening of the, uh, the teaching now extending from the Jews to the Gentiles. And he says there in verse number 10, And again he saith, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again, Isaiah, or Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall uh, rise to reign over the Gentiles in him shall the Gentiles trust. So we're just again looking at the idea, this is a reminder, that's us, uh, I believe, all of us today, Gentiles and not Jews, uh, here, this is applicable to us, this is to us, this is for us, God's love. Uh, is, is for us. It covers us. God's grace, it covers us. God's mercy, it's for us. Um, God loves us just as he loves the Jews. And in verse 13, it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. When I came across this verse uh, in, in just reading through this chapter, uh, for whatever reason, it just kind of stuck out to me. And so I read it again, and I uh, went back and read the context of it in the whole paragraph, and, and, uh, and just kind of just settled in on this verse. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're just going to look at this verse, verse number 13. We've got five things that we're going to look at in this verse. Uh, and then we'll call it a morning, okay? And I'm looking forward to what the Lord has for us. Let's pray and ask for His help. God, we do thank You for Your Word, and we thank You for what it teaches us. And there's so much in this chapter, and there's obviously so much in Scripture that is a help to us. And Lord, I pray that today as we look at verse number 13, that we'd be encouraged by it. Uh, Lord, I, I found this to be a huge blessing to me throughout this week, and I pray that in turn it would be a blessing to others. So, Lord, help me to present it clearly and correctly. Help us to receive it exactly how you desire for us to receive it. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, that phrase, all joy and peace, really caught my eye. Um, going into this week and preparing for this Sunday, because right now we're not working through a series, which is always a fun time for me. I don't know how other preachers enjoy it, but for me, when I'm not in a series, I come into the week very anxiety-ridden, very worried. Uh, what am I going to preach on? Uh, how long is it going to find me? Uh, how long am I, is it going to take me to find something to preach on? Because when you're not in a series, at least for me, um, I, I literally oftentimes will go into a week not having a clue where I'm going to go. 
not knowing where God wants us to be. And that's scary to me because when I was a full-time pastor in Indiana, uh, where, where I had the whole week to go into the office and prepare, there would be days where I'd go in on a Monday and be praying, all right, Lord, what do you want for, for Sunday? And I'd read through a couple of different passages, a couple of different things. I'd flip through my Bible and look at old notes that I had in my Bible, things I had highlighted, things like that, and, uh, and really not have any clarity. And then I'd come in on Tuesday and I would do the same thing, pray, Lord, what do you want me to preach on on Sunday? And, and I'd begin to read through some things and different things. There'd be times where I'd go through the entire week and not have any peace about what in the world I was supposed to preach on on Sunday. And I'd be there on Friday and I'd be saying, Lord, uh, I know I've asked you this already four different times this week, but um, we're kind of getting down to the end of it here. And I need to know what in the world am I supposed to say on Sunday? And the Lord would give me some peace and I'd get things. There'd be times where I'd wake up on a Saturday morning and go, you know what? That, that's not it. And I'd run in on a Saturday and say, all right, Lord, <laughs> I know you don't want to preach the outline that I have sitting right here. So what do you want me to preach? Rarely, I can think of twice in my 11, 12 years of pastoring where I was on the platform on Sunday and it, and it came to me and said, you're not supposed to preach the outline that you have in your hands. Now that is absolutely terrifying. Uh, but that's only happened, I think, twice that I can remember in my, my time pastoring. Um, but this week, just praying about what the Lord had, I kept having that word joy in my mind. And there's a lot of talk about joy in scriptures. You can go a lot of different directions about joy in scriptures. But as I, as I was preparing the message and, and, and preparing and praying about what to preach on, I was here in Romans 15 and it wasn't on joy. Uh, verses 1 through 7 is not on joy. And, uh, and, and, but then I came to verse 13 and it has this phrase in it where it says, Let the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And I tell you what, that hit home. And I said, okay, that's what I want. I want to be filled with joy and peace. And I want us to be filled with joy and peace. And so I began praying on this verse and looking at this verse. And then I asked God, what does it mean? Because I've got commentaries and I use commentaries. I use commentaries to prepare uh, this message. But, um, but the first question is always to God. Okay, what does this mean? Because commentaries are people writing thoughts on the, and, and they're very good and can be very helpful, but not always correct. And so you got to make sure, again, it always comes back to Scripture. It mirrors what God uh, wants it to say and, and, and those sorts of things. And so I prayed through this verse, looked through this verse, and broke it down into these five things. Number one today, I want us to look at who provides all joy. Who provides all joy? Look at Romans 15. Uh, it says, Now the God of hope. In the chapter, Romans chapter 15, it calls God four different things. In verse number 5, it calls God the God of patience. It also calls God, in verse number 5, the God of consolation. In verse number 13, the God of hope. And in verse number 33, the God of peace. Now we know throughout Scripture, the names of God or the characteristics of God are very important. And so in Romans chapter 15, when it chooses to call God the God of patience, the God of consolation, the God of hope, the God of peace, none of that is contradicting. It's showing you the, uh, the wide variety, if I can use that word, of God's characteristics, of who God is. And God is the God of patience, thankfully. 
God is the God of constel, const, not constellations, consolation. He's the God of con, the constellations too, but the God of consolation, thankfully. He is the God of hope. We looked at that in the revival services. If you haven't gone back and listened to those messages, if you missed them, go back and listen to it. What you can hear, and we'll talk about it here in a moment. Uh, and the God of peace. He's the God of love. Uh, he's the God of creation. He's the God of salvation. He's a God of, he's, he's, he's so many things for us. And but in Scripture, when, when God's inspiration uses a title or shows a characteristic of God, we need to pay attention to it. It's telling us something important. Who is God? And specifically, who is He in, in, in uh, description or in the context of what we're talking about in Scripture here? So here it says the God of hope. What is hope? Hope is expectation or confidence. It's not wishful thinking. And again, we talked about this in the revival meetings, and I agree 100% with what uh, Tim said. He is, it is not meaning the, the, what we think of, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. It is, it is expectation, and it is confidence. It is an understanding. It's similar to faith in many ways, but it is a confidence about what God is saying. And so the God of hope, the, the God that gives us confidence, the God that gives us expectation, He is the one who provides all joy and all peace. And that's a wonderful thing to understand. The God who I can expect or the God who I can be confident in provides for me all joy and all peace. And that is a wonderful thought. It is an encouraging thought. It is a comforting thought to say, okay, what I have confidence in also gives me joy and gives me peace. Confidence always doesn't, uh, doesn't mean joy, right? I'm trying to think of the best way to do this and not be too super negative. Um, there are times where we are confident in a person, but it doesn't bring joy. I'm confident that that person is going to disappoint me, Right? We have a time where we have an expectation that's not a positive expectation. But I'm pretty confident, boy, this is not going to turn out well. Uh, <laughs> um, I can think of many examples throughout my life. I don't, I, I've given you plenty of personal illustrations in my time as your pastor. Uh, but uh, there are just times where confidence doesn't always bring joy. But the God of hope, the God in who, in, in who gives me confidence, gives me joy. Think about scripture and you think about what it teaches us of what God has done, but what God will do. What I'm confident in, God is going to do in the days to come, in the years to come. Uh, what is ahead, what the Bible teaches us is ahead. There's a lot of things in scripture uh, that talks about what is in the future that would not bring joy if it were not for God. You look at the way that God will come, his second return. And with it is destruction, and with it is violence. And boy, I tell you what, if I was going to be on the receiving end of that destruction and violence, that would not bring me joy. But the God of hope says, Vince, because you are my child, I'm going to spare you of those things. You're going to be, as the old cliche says, on the winning side. And so when I read of those dark days, I have confidence in the God of hope that I still find joy. 
And the, 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 where I get this joy, this lasting joy, this satisfactory joy, this eternal joy, it comes from the God of hope. That's who provides it to me. Number two, what is all joy? We'll look at all peace in a second. What is all joy? This is important too because this should encourage us. Joy, here the word used for joy in the Greek is defined as, of course, joy in the English, but also cheerfulness, delight, and gladness. Three things I like having. I don't know that I come across as a cheerful person. Um, uh, but that being said, I like to be cheerful. I like to be delighted. I like to be glad versus being gloomy and sad and uncheerful. All right. So we're talking about the word joy. It's cheerfulness, delight, gladness. But what does the word all mean? <laughs> it means all. It means every. It means any. It means complete. That's what the word means. And so when you look at this word all, we say all joy, any joy, any joy that I get, every joy, every joy that I get, complete joy, all the joy that I get. That's what we're talking about here. And God says you can have all joy. Carnal joy puffs up or swells the soul. Carnal, what do I mean by carnal? Fleshly, um, gaining it from the world, worldly joy. That doesn't mean that, I'm not saying that you cannot find any joy in this world. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that you can, but it is temporary. And so it puffs up or swells the soul. For a time, it's there, but it's not healthy. And at some point, it's going to get deflated. Okay, but this joy from the God of hope that we get, spiritual joy, it fills the soul. It's not airy. Not puffing, not inflating, but it's filling so that it cannot be deflated. And so when you have this spiritual joy, and we understand that it's all of it, any joy, uh, every joy, uh, every, every ounce of joy, complete joy, all joy, given through a spiritual way, given by God, the God of hope, that's the joy that I can have. It's, it's a lasting and it's an eternal joy. What about all peace? Peace means quietness or rest. Carnal peace brings you temporary rest. Listen, I don't have experience with drugs, um, but I have been told because I have coworkers that have experience with it, is man, I just needed to relax. So I just, I just smoked some of this, and boy, it made me relaxed. I've heard people say the same thing about alcohol as well, but I sit there and I go, man, I just, I don't need that to relax. I just, I don't, I don't need that. Why? I'm not saying that it doesn't work, but it gives temporary relief, right? Temporary relaxation. Well, what can give me uh, a satisfying rest? What can give me long-lasting rest? What can give me... Uh, 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 that, that fullness of rest is the spiritual peace that I get from the God of hope. God gives a spiritual peace, a peace that gives a satisfying rest. Are, are you nap people? I, I like naps. I don't take a whole lot of them. Um, but generally speaking, I, I can enjoy a nap. Uh, but sometimes if you take too fast of a nap, it just makes you grumpier. 
Sometimes you take too long of a nap. It, it makes you feel worse, right? Am I the only one like this? Uh, where there's just, it's got to be like the perfect nap or else I actually wake up thinking, oh, I feel worse than I did when I laid down. I was so tired. I took a nap. Now I'm up, but I'm thinking, man, it's just, oh, now I'm dragging. I don't want to do anything. It's five o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know, I got to go to bed till, I don't know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. So now I got to stay awake for that many hours. And I just don't feel like doing anything. Now, sometimes, um, so we were in training this week. Uh, for, uh, when was that? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where we got to go we get continuing education classes. We got to keep our license to get to keep our license updated. We got to take so many hours uh, and so many years, whatever. So we go to this every year, and it's just sitting down in this massive room with about four hundred people, listening to people talk about bugs, and. A lot of it is stuff that our company does a really good job of training us on, so we already know a couple things are new, and then some things are things that we don't deal with, so it doesn't really impact my job in any way, shape, or form. So uh, I did a lot of things during this training not, that didn't involve learning anything, uh, but I was pretty productive in my three days in training. And, uh, but nonetheless, there was a time this week where I was sitting there, and I was just tired. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go to sleep. And so I rested my head in a way where it wouldn't fall down, you know, where everybody could see my head bobbing and the things like that. And I fell asleep. And it wasn't long. I would say maybe five minutes at most. Um, but then I was refreshed. And I was sitting there going, man, I feel a lot better. Just a really quick, just take a little moment to shut the brain off, I guess. I don't know. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, okay, I was good to go. And then I was back to making fun of the speaker with the guy sitting next to me again. Everything was good. And <laughs> very productive week. Um, but with that rest became now energy, right? Now, spiritual rest is that way. When the God of hope gives me this peace, which includes rest or quietness, calms the brain down stills the heart. It takes away the anxiousness or the concern and the worry. When God gives that peace, now there is a refreshment that comes with it. There is a calming. There is that understanding God's, God's in control. And I get that only from the God of hope. I can't get that on my own. Now, how do I receive this? How do I get this? Well, we'll look at that next. So number one, who provides all joy and peace? Number two, what is all joy? Number three, what is all peace? Number four, this is probably one of the more important things the next two points are. Number four, how do I get all joy and peace? Because we know that the God of hope provides it. But many of us will oftentimes say, man, I need all joy and I need all peace but I'm having a hard time finding it. I'm having a hard time getting it. So how do I, I know it comes from God. How do I get it? Well, it says here in the verse, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. In believing. How do I get all joy and peace? Well, it starts with in believing. 1 Peter 1.8 says, Whom, having not seen ye love, in whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
He's saying that you've not seen God in the flesh. But in believing God, Him being who He says He is, Him being able to do what He says He can do, in believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. How do I get this joy and this peace from the God of hope? Well, first of all, I just have to believe that He can give it to me. And believe that He will give it to me. The Bible says... In, in speaking with Christians, if you ask, believing that he is going to answer, I'm paraphrasing, believing that he is going to answer you, he'll answer you. If I ask God in confidence, not meaning asking God in, in quiet, in, in secret, but in confidence that he can do what I'm asking him to do, and I say, God, I have this need. It could be an emotional need. It could be a material need. It could be a spiritual need. Whatever it is, God says, if you ask God, believing that He's going to answer you, having full confidence that God loves you and He cares for you and He wants this for you, God will answer you. Now, I'm telling you, this will change your prayer life. If you pray to God hoping, as we use the word hope nowadays, Lord, I need this. Uh, I have this need. God, I need you to provide it for me. And you're praying and you're going, man, I sure hope he hears me. I sure hope he answers me. Versus, God, you've told me that you want to provide for me, that you want to take care of me. God, I have this need. I believe that, that you're fine with this need, right? It's not, it's not against your will. It's not, I'm not asking for something that I know you're against. God, I need this. You say that you're going to give it to me if I ask for it. And, and as long as it's not against God's will, if you're asking for something sinful, he, he's not going to give it to you. All right, I can tell you that right now. If you're asking for a million dollars, no matter how you're, you're, you're asking for it, God, if you give me a million dollars, I'll make sure to give 10%. I'll give 15%. Uh, God, uh, if you give me a million dollars, I'll give the, I'll, I'll buy something for the church or buy something for a missionary or give it to a good cause or whatever. God, if you, but, but let's be honest, if you're asking for a million dollars, you're probably asking for a prideful reason, more than likely. Um, but you can ask for it all you want, and maybe God will give it to you. He hasn't given it to me, but maybe he'll give it to you. Um, but... Uh, uh, you know, God, I'm going to buy these lottery tickets. Give me the right, give me the right numbers for it. Um, probably not going to happen. But it's between you and God. Go ahead, ask away. Um, I'm not promoting gambling, by the way. Just want to clarify that. Uh, uh, but if I ask God for a need that I have, that I, that I know God wants me to be provided for, he's told me that. He says, I clothe the birds, I clothe the flowers. How much more will I clothe you? I take care of weeds. How much more will I take care of you? So I ask him, knowing that it's not against what God wants, I can have confidence, I should have confidence, that God's going to give it to me. All right? So we have this, this idea of believing, of truly trusting that what God says is true, that God's not going to lie, that God is truly going to care for me. Now listen, we've talked about this a ton, right? Um, you can't live in disobedience and expect the blessings of God. 
I use the illustration all the time of the grocery store. Kid's bad in the grocery store. Gets to the checkout line. Says, I want a candy bar. And the mom says, why would I give you a candy bar? You've been horrible. Now, we know there are parents out there that will go anything to, 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 to make you be quiet. Um, but teaching bad habits, that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. Uh, but if my kid's bad, I'm not going to reward him with a candy bar. And the reality is, is if you're bad, God's not going to reward you. We talked about that in 1 John. You want open fellowship with God, full fellowship with God. You've got to be obedient to God. So many Christians think that they're good enough that God should, should reward them. That's not how it works. It's, it's about being fully surrendered, fully obedient. That's when we receive the full blessings of God. That's when we get the king-size candy bar instead of the little candy bar. Believing. Confidence. The God of hope gives us the confidence to believe in what he says so that we can receive the things that God promises, including all joy and all peace. Has God promised you joy? Has God promised you peace? Yes. Believe. Look in verse number 4 uh, of Romans 5. Sorry. Romans 5 and verse number 4. book of Romans is a really good book, by the way. Romans 5 and verse number 4, it says, um, sorry, go up to verse, let's start in verse number 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into His grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation, and also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience worketh, I'm throwing in some words, but worketh experience, and experience worketh hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us, unto us. Now look at this here, verse number 5, hope maketh uh, not ashamed. The confidence in God will never be shamed, ashamed for having confidence in God. God says, if you will do what I've asked you to do, and if you will believe what I have told you is true, your confidence in me, God speaking, your confidence in me, when, when you have confidence in me, when you have the expectation of me, you will not be ashamed. You will stand before God, and you will stand before your peers, and you will stand before your coworkers, and you will stand before your family. And if you have confidence in God, faith in God, trusting that God will do what He says He will do, you will not stand before others ashamed. You can, you can go through life knowing that the confidence I have in God will never fail me. Right? I can be confident in people and they'll fail me. I've had a pastor that I had confidence in that failed. And it's embarrassing. I'll be honest with you, it's embarrassing when you've uh, told other people about this person and, and, and encouraged people, hey, uh, this, is a good, this is a great, great person. You, you, know, you can go here, you can go to this church and these kind of things, and then they fail and you go, man, that's embarrassing. You know, maybe maybe I don't have any confidence in politicians, but maybe you do. You're confident in a politician, and then they do something, and you go, man, that's, that's embarrassing. Maybe it's someone else in your life, and, and you had confidence, and they failed, and you go, oh, man. Now I'm sitting here, I look really foolish for telling everybody how great of a person this was. But see, confidence in God doesn't fail. 
And I can have that confidence that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. And I can tell people God is going to do this. People look at you and the needs that you have and, and they're saying, well, you should go do this and you should go do that. Everybody has an idea. Everybody has an opinion. You should quit this job. You should get a second job. You should do this. You should do that. You should do whatever. You know what? You can pray to God and get what God tells you to do. When they tell you, hey, you should do this, you can say, thank you for the advice. I've already asked what God desires for me to do. This is what he wants me to do. And they're going to look at you and they're going to go, oh, man, you're being a fool. You don't, oh, you're making a huge mistake. So my mom said when I told her about Katie, no, I'm just kidding. That was mean. Why did I say that? <laughs> she didn't say that. I can have confidence if I'm doing what God told me to do that I'm not going to be ashamed. That when other people say, no, 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 that's not what you should do. You should do this. Hey, listen, I, I mean this, but I also, listen, <laughs> don't say God told me to do this if God didn't tell you to do it. You will be ashamed in that. But if you've prayed and you know clear as day that this is what God desires for you, you can do that confidently knowing that it's going to work out. I prayed about starting this church and, um, you know, after God made it clear that's what he wanted us to do, I just, you know, prayed for success, whatever that means. Prayed for success. God, if you want us to do this, we'll do it. But, Lord, we want your blessing on it. We want you to make it work. And I admit I thought it was going to be easier than it was. I'm fully admitting on that. And there were times along the way where I sit there and go, God, what are we doing here? I begin to worry. Man, we had churches that supported us and sent us money. We had people all over the country that were praying for us and encouraging us. I had people questioning, are you sure that's what you're supposed to do? That's what the Lord wants for us. And I'll fully admit there were times where my faith lacked and I thought, man, this is going to be embarrassing when I've got to put out a, a letter and a post that says, hey, we've, we've shut it down. That's, that came across my mind many a times. This is going to be embarrassing. But I'll tell you what, every time in, in my lowest moments of concern about whether the church would survive or not, every single time, and we, and we pray, uh, it wasn't just a, we were never just throwing in the towel. Well, there was questions. Do we just need to close the doors, shut it down? We praying to God about it. God, is this really what you want for us? Is this really what you wanted us to do? Or did we make a mistake? Did I make a mistake? And then God poured out a blessing. They said, this is where I want you to be. You just keep going. Because if you'll do what God tells you to do, you will not be ashamed. I tell you what, that's comforting to know that. Because when you're following God, it's not easy. When you're following God, there are times where Satan and others, uh, maybe through Satan's tools, is going to try to discourage you and tell you, man, that's not what you're supposed to do. 
clearly. I mean, look at it. You're not living in a in a three-story house. You're not you're not driving the nicest car. You're not doing whatever. You're not eating steak every night. You're not whatever it is. I don't know. Or if you don't like steak, whatever you like. Uh, you're not eating these fancy foods every night. You're not. You know, people say, "Hey, do you want to come out to eat with us? We're going to go out to here." And you think, "Man, I can't afford to do that." And they they just kind of look down at you like, "Oh man, well maybe you should do something different." I told you you should have done something different. If you do what God tells you to do, you will be able to stand unashamed. And the God of hope, the God that you have confidence in, is going to bring you all joy and all peace. But you got to believe. You got to ask for it and you got to expect it. God, I need the joy. I don't know about you, but I go throughout life a lot of times. And the joy isn't natural, meaning the circumstance I am doesn't, I mean, doesn't produce joy. So it's not natural. Um, and, and I need God to give me joy because the circumstance is not going to give me joy. There are circumstances that do bring joy. Uh, but for me, at least on a, on, on, on a Monday through Thursday basis, uh, the circumstance doesn't just make me go, yippee. Uh, so I need God to give me joy. I need God to give me peace. So I ask for it, and God gives it. And that's what you should do. Pray for it and expect it. Believe that God will do what he says. Lastly this morning, not only how do I get it, but how do I keep the joy and peace? Because there's my struggle. How do I keep it? All right, now look in verse, back in Romans 15, back in our verse number 13. He says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. All right, so we're talking about abounding in that confidence, abounding in hope, uh, maintaining it, living in it. Uh, and it says that in order for us to do that, it's through the power of the Holy Ghost. Who is the Holy Ghost? It's God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost the triune God, the three in one. The Holy Ghost was given to us as salvation, given to us to guide, to help, to answer, to help us understand, to give us wisdom. He's not Jiminy Cricket. I've heard pastors try to compare him to Jiminy Cricket. He's a million times more than that. Uh, he, is he your conscience to some degree? But don't, don't ever belittle him to that. The Holy Spirit gives you what you need. So how do I keep this joy and this peace through this confidence uh, of God? Well, it's through the power of the Holy Ghost. Abound in hope, abound in confidence. I abound in joy and peace. I do it through God. I cannot do it on my own. All right, I know we've already said that, but I want to make sure we understand it. I cannot keep the joy and peace on my own. I, I know for me there have been times in life where I've, I've done right, and I've been blessed, and then I think, okay, now I've got it. You ever struggle with devotions? Reading your Bible on a regular basis? Get into it for a while if you're anything like me. You've gotten into it for a while, and then there's been a time where you've just kind of, you know, okay, I think I finally got it. I know my whole life I've been told to do this, and I've done it for spurts and spurts and spurts, and now I think I finally got it. And then all of a sudden we depend on ourselves to continue with it. It just doesn't work. 
all of a sudden, okay, I've got it set up at the right time of day, so now I've got this time set apart. Well, all of a sudden, something else comes along the way and takes that schedule up. So now I've got to change the time that I did it that day, and, and now I just don't have time for it. The next thing I know, I'm getting ready to go to bed, and I think, oh, man, I haven't read yet. Well, I'll, I'll get it in the morning. <laughs> the next thing you know, it's been a week. You haven't, you haven't read your Bible, except for when you were at church. And then the next week comes, and you just keep telling yourself, oh, I need to get back to that. And you don't do it because you've depended on your schedule and on your ability and on your faithfulness and on your uh, uh, dependability. And the reality is, is without God's help, you can't do it. I can continue to believe and continue to follow the God of hope. I can have that joy and that peace that God gives me, uh, but I, can, I get it through the power of the Holy Ghost. How do I receive the power of the Holy Ghost? Well, it's, this is going to sound contradictory, but let me explain myself. You get it through obedience. All right, so I can't do it on my own, but I get it through obedience. What does that mean? How do I do that? Listen, the Holy Spirit helps you obey. So when I talk about obedience, I'm not, I'm, I, ultimately, yes, it's the, it's the things throughout the day, but it starts with the, the, the most simplest form of obedience. What we're taught as three-year-olds in church, read your Bible Pray every day. As simple as that song is, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. That's the wrong tune. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. It's a very simple song, yet it is packed full of truth. If you will obey and just talk to God and let him talk back to you, and if you'll obey and you'll read God's word, which is letting God talk to you because it's his word, you will grow in your spiritual life. You will become more obedient. You will have the power of God in you to help you to obey in even the bigger things and the harder things and the, the tumultuous things. And you'll be able to have the power of God working in your life. I'm telling you, if you read God's word, to start your day, what it gives you to get through your day. I've not met your coworkers, but I've met mine. And I'm guessing you all need some power to put up with some people that you come across on a regular basis. If you'll start your day with God. I'm not, I, it's great if you have an hour to do so, but I'm not saying you have to spend an hour with God in the morning. You've got to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get that quiet time with God. If you can, great. If that's what God wants you to do, do it. But what I'm saying is if you can start your day, um, most of us drive to work. That's a great time to talk to God. Turn the radio off and talk to God. Read your Bible before you get in the car and then pray as you drive. You can pray in the shower. Hard to read your Bible in the shower. I guess there are waterproof Bibles, but uh, you can pray in the shower. You can listen to your Bible. Maybe that's the way that, that works for you. Uh, I admit that if I'm playing the audio version, I don't get a whole lot out of it. Um, I, just, I, can't, I, don't, I don't focus on that because I'm listening to stuff all day and, and just it's background noise. So, uh, but read your Bible. Uh, grab a couple verses. Grab a devotional book. I think I've got one in the office if you need one. Uh, grab a devotional book. Uh, just get something to get your mind where it needs to be to start your day. 
and then take time to talk to God. You'll be amazed the difference. If you don't currently do it, you'll be amazed the difference in your day. How your mind is different. What you're thinking on is different. Uh, your emotion is different when you start the day with God. Can you, can you do your devotions at the end of the day? Yes, of course you can. Uh, but the Bible talks about early. I'm not saying that you have to do it early, but it's, it's wise. We're supposed to be praying continually. We're supposed to be constantly in that mindset of prayer. But when you're talking about getting, starting your day, if you start your day right, you have a better chance of your day going right, at least in your heart and your mind. If you wait till the end of the day, then you're already past it all, and now you're going back and saying, God, please forgive me for those things uh, that I just read about in Scripture that would have been a great help to me this morning, uh, those kinds of things. So that obedience, with God's help, helps you to obey more, builds your wisdom, your knowledge, uh, which helps you to obey more. Uh, builds your faith, which helps you to obey more. It all comes back to that. How do I keep all joy and peace that's given to me by the God of hope? Well, it's by using God, what He's given me, His Holy Ghost, His Holy Spirit that's inside of me, dwelling in me, using the power that God's given me to receive what God wants me to receive. And it sounds so simple and easy, and it gets easy as we obey. And it's hard until we start doing that. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. May we live our lives full of all joy and all peace, abounding in hope with the help and the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray for your help this morning. I pray that you'd help us to live a life that is full of joy and peace. I know you desire it for us. I know that we oftentimes are the culprit for why we don't have it. So, Lord, I pray that today you would strengthen us in our belief and our confidence in you. And, God, may you uh, encourage us, may you challenge us uh, to follow you, to be what you desire for us to be. I pray these things in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you stand with